Nick Mullins may be a legend, but you know who the real legend is? George Skittle. <laughs> who? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, supporters of Nick Mullins, it's your boys locked down. Coming to you from my basement of some sorts, I'm here, your co-host Zach Ferrer with Chris Krueger, Matt Irwin. Oh, hey, um, I said it once, I'll say it again. I haven't said it once, but I'm saying it now. Nick Mullins is the GOAT. He's amazing. He's the that GOAT. That boy. You know what? You know what's really impressive, though? Hmm? And let me give you guys a little, a little parallel here from NFL history. So you have a team that overpays for a pretty mediocre quarterback who then goes down after a couple games, and then a young, humble, uh, young, humble quarterback who's very mechanically sound steps in and impresses. That is the story of Tom Brady, and that is exactly what's happened so far with Nick Mullins of the 49ers. So, quick, quick take. <laughs> Should Nick Mullins start next week? Absolutely. Right, I agree. Oh, I yeah. CJ Beathard is 1-9 as a starter. Yeah, exactly. Nick Ouch. Mullins is 1-0. Oh. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan <laughs> is... People say that John Gruden was the quarterback whisperer before he got this job in Oakland. Kyle Shanahan is the real quarterback whisperer. When he was on the Falcons, he made Matt Ryan an MVP. He made Brian Hoyer a, a winning quarterback with a winning record. It's true. And... He's working with Nick Mullins now, and this guy looks like he has a lot of potential. Now, if that's just pretty much the scheme that Kyle Shanahan's made, or if it's actually on Nick Mullins, we don't know yet. But, I mean, Nick played really well, and it's, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. So, in case you've been living under a rock and have no idea what we're talking about right now, the uh, undrafted rookie, he's a rookie, right? Uh, he's a second-year second year, I believe, uh, well, from Southern Miss. Yeah, the yeah. undrafted second-year Quarterback Nick Mullins of the San Francisco 49ers came in to replace uh, C.J. Beathard Thursday Night Football against the Raiders. Uh, 49ers won in a pretty dominant fashion, and Nick Mullins what was final score 34 to three, I think. Right? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. um, Nick Mullins finished his debut 16 of 22 for 262 passing yards. It's 11.9 yards. Le- 11.9 <laughs> yards per attempt for three touchdowns and a near perfect. 151.9 passer rating. What a boss, dude. <laughs> he's so cool. And he's never played a regular season snap. <laughs> that was his first one, yeah. Let alone a start on Thursday Night Football. As a third string. He came into the season as a third stringer, dude. Under That's Jimmy G crazy. and Beathard. Wow. That's crazy. And he got the call from Brett Favre that night. He did. Yep. He even looked a little bit like Brett Favre on the field. Not going to lie. Wearing the number four as well. Yeah. I didn't know it, but he uh, he broke like all of Southern Miss's records apparently. Did he? And I was oh, like, yeah. and I was like, why is it a big deal? And then they were like, because Brett Favre had them all. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, it so is. Forty Niners. I mean, Mullins has a lot of potential, but there's not really much to say about them yet because they played the Oakland Raiders, who look like a dumpster fire more than a dumpster fire what's more than a dumpster fire the Oakland uh, Raiders yeah exactly <laughs> they, yeah they look terrible well, the, guys. the thing is they had pretty much the same record going in they both had one 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 win and I think this is a big I think this is a uh, very telling of the coaches is that Kyle Shanahan still had their guys pumped up ready to play and they wanted to play for Nick Mullins and they wanted to win that game whereas with the Raiders who are on the complete opposite spectrum they just don't care anymore. The players don't even care. They've given up on John Gruden after like eight games. And then they pretty much, as soon as Nick got the first touchdown on a Spider Y2 banana, by the way, <laughs> which is John Gruden's base play, where Reggie Nelson, the safety, came up and then just boop, went over the top. But, and then I looked like the team just gave up. The defense just pretty much stopped playing. And then the offensive line, again, couldn't block for Derek Carr. So, I don't know. The Raiders are in trouble. I get the feeling that maybe John Gruden isn't as good of a coach as we all thought he might be. He's a half a year through his contract, and he's got nine and a half more years to go. <laughs> you know, he's a TV star. He was a guy who was a pretty successful head coach. He got lucky and got into the Bucks team that was super talented when he won that Super Bowl. And he kind of became a TV star at ESPN. And he's still doing interviews now. Like He did an interview on Fox with Howie Long. And it just it didn't come off well at all. He still came off like a TV star. He was like, 
He, he literally said, like, people are calling me because they want to play for the Raiders. He says, yeah. I got a cell phone just like you and everybody else. I got a lot of phone calls from people that are dying to come play here. I'm just telling you, they're dying to play for the Raiders. He goes on to say... I'm just trying to get people excited about the Oakland Raiders, which is almost kind of like saying that last part quote he just had is like, I'm just kind of fluke you guys up a little bit, get you all <laughs> pumped up. He goes on to say, the Oakland Raiders is a great organization. I know it's not looking pretty right now, but we're going to build a championship football team here. <laughs> I know a lot of people as players, as fans, just in general, want to be a part of this. Not in Oakland because they're leaving in two years. <laughs> they're going to Vegas. Right? Yeah, exactly. Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't think he knows that right now. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know. Mark Davis is going to be like, oh, by the way, John, we're moving to Las Vegas. And he's like, oh. I might leave him in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good idea. Just don't tell him. Nobody tell him they're moving. What would happen if they actually, like, fired John Gruden? Like, I mean, they would owe him nine years. They would owe him the rest so of the contract. Yeah. yeah. It's all guaranteed. It's a win-win it's for guaranteed. John Gruden. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All, all $100 million is guaranteed. Now, I think a lot of teams learned their, uh, the lesson from the Raiders. Don't sign a coach to 10 years. No. They should have. Five years max, maybe. Especially one that hasn't played in the league for, like, what, 15 exactly. years? Exactly. <laughs> the, the team should have picked up when the Knicks did it with Phil Jackson a couple years ago, where they brought him in, and all he wanted to do was vacation, and he didn't do anything as the GM of the team. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Raiders do literally the same thing. And it's like, what? I wouldn't blame John Gruden you for taking that contract. <laughs> no, me neither. You of course not. Me? Yeah. $100 million, <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah, years. Exactly. Are you kidding? Yeah. Even yeah. if he does get fired, they still owe him money, so it's a win-win. He gets out of a crappy situation, yeah. and he gets paid. Do you see how good that guy looks? He looks like he's lost weight. He's, like, shining. He's not stressed at all, man. He's, he's like got $100 million. Yeah. What is he stressed about? And they've, like, <laughs> they've reached the bottom so low, they can literally only go up from here. There's, there's no further down they've they can possibly go. At this point. They've nothing right? to lose. Yeah. So either he makes his team look good over the next few years... That's a cell phone. Either, either they make their team look good over the next few years and progress from here, or he gets fired and still gets owed in total $100 million. Sorry about that, everybody. That was a nice song, though. It just started playing. I don't know what happened. Sounded like a nice guitar riff. It was uh, Nick Jonas in the administration. You are a legend. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh going straight now that we're talking about the raiders i want to get into because the trade deadline passed uh mm-hmm. last week and the raiders are the biggest probably the biggest we're the biggest sellers of the nfl season with yeah. khalil mack and amari cooper now who do you guys think won the trade deadline this year i'm gonna start with chris i like the redskins what they did with uh getting <laughs> what do you is that yours too <laughs> let's keep going <laughs> Um, but getting Ha Ha Clinton Dix is uh, another piece to their secondary, and uh, it's to an already good defense. Um, they're five and two at this point. I think that that piece alone, um, they only gave up a fourth round pick for him. Yeah, it's uh, makes them a more well-rounded team, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they is their division to lose at this point. I don't see any other team uh, taking over. So I'm gonna go ahead and piggyback off of Chris right here because that was indeed my team as well. Nice. Um, their safety they already have, DJ Swearinger, is the number one rated safety on Pro Football Focus this year. Really? Ha Ha Clinton Dix is number two. Wow. Josh Norman is the number nine corner as well in the NFL this year. That secondary is nasty. Stacked, dude. You know what I mean? Great. They have really good pass rushers, too, and yeah. Ryan Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen. Good linebackers. And they have good linebackers. They only needed that one piece. Exactly. And they got him. And they got him. So. That defense is looking good. And they're pretty young for the most part. Josh Norman's like 31. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's getting up there in terms of corners age. But um, their defense is relatively young, too. So, yeah. That team's going to be nasty. That Their offense that, is talented, too. They're two games ahead, or a game and a half ahead in the NFC East at five and two. They've lost two games this year. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in week nine. And they beat the Panthers, too. It wasn't like they just like beat a bunch. Like they didn't, it's not like they only beat like the Giants and the Cowboys, but they, yeah, they beat the Panthers. So. And Adrian Peterson is looking like his old self. He is, yeah. He really is. What a story he is, man. Yeah. With Alex Smith being there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a, a couple weeks tough. to really prove themselves. Over the next couple weeks, they play the Falcons tomorrow. Um, the Bucks the week after, then the Texans at home, Dallas in um, away, and then fi- they have a bye after that, and then Philly. That's like six weeks to really prove yourself. It's like we can win the NFC East here, you know? Wow. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think, Zach? My tread, tread deadline. My trade. I can't speak today. My trade deadline 
Um, team, my winner. You know, I'm just. I think the reason I'm slurring my words so much. Um, it's been a long week. It's been a good week, but it's been a long week. You want to know why it's been a long week? No. Why, Zach? Well, you see, I'll tell you in a second. I've lost a little bit of sleep. Um, not for bad reasons. A lot of times when people say that, it's for bad reasons they lost sleep. I've been awake in the early morning hours because I've been watching <laughs> highlight videos from my World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Way to derail the conversation, my guy. <laughs> I just wanted to fit that in somehow, guys. Oh, is that in it? Football. That's all I want. No, that's all I want to say. Oh, no, okay. I actually do have a trade deadline pick. <laughs> I wasn't just like BSing. I actually do have a pick. Just want to get that out there for all you haters like Jay Hall. Um, LA forever, baby. Um, so my winner of the trade deadline was the Philadelphia Eagles, keeping it in the NFC East. They signed Golden Tate. Um, Who did they trade? Was a third round third pick, round right? Pick, third yeah. round pick for Golden Tate to, um, that goes to Detroit. I think this is a really cool pick um, for Doug Peterson's offense because that's this is the one area of the offense that I saw as a struggle was their wideout depth. Um, Nason Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey have been good, but they were. It's easy to defend them because they can't get, really get a lot of separation, and there's no one really else on the offense. They need a third guy. They needed a third guy, so they got that in Golden Tate. I still expect Doug Peterson to flood the middle of the field like he usually does, um, but it'll be good to have that third. Um, third threat for the wide receiver depth. And they got um, two good tight ends too. They do. So the the offense has a chance to rebound here. Uh, I still like the Redskins over them right now, but it definitely puts them back into not that they really ever left, but it puts them back into the championship talk that the, the NFC is still tight with them in it. Um, so and that and even at age thirty, Golden Tate is on pace for ninety catches and a thousand yards for the third straight season. So that's kind of cool. But I like Golden Tate going to Philly. Yeah, Golden Tate's yeah. a really, really talented guy. My only issue with that play is that uh, Golden Tate's contract expires at the end of this year. He's a free agent next year, yeah. So and they give up a third it, for him. Exactly. So if they don't end up re-signing him to a contract, and if they don't win a championship, which they more than likely are not going yeah. to, it's pretty much going to be just a wasted third-round pick. And it's cool to see like the like there's been it's been a, a year of like a lot of aggression from coaches and from upper uh, front office guys yeah. that you know they. We're, we're in this to win the championship now. And like you're saying, it's cool, but you're gonna, it, it's not going to pay off if you don't get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. Yeah, you know? right. So it's, we'll see in February or January if it pays off or not. Um, right. That's why I'm a little bit bigger of a fan of the move made by the Cowboys because while they did give up a first round for Amari Cooper, he still has another year added on, and he wants to re-sign with the team. Yeah. So in that sense, not only are you making a short-term play, you're making a long-term play to try to get a receiver there for five to ten years. You know what I mean? Um, which, if he does resign at the end of next year, will end up definitely being worth it for them. Oh, so for sure. That's why I think that move has a really good chance of paying off for the Cowboys. And he's the number one guy. Exactly. Can't really beat that. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, speaking of can't beat that, there's one undefeated team left in the NFL. The Los Angeles Rams come on to face the New Orleans Saints tomorrow at four, I believe. Um, is this it? Is this the week that the Rams finally take the loss? I think so. Think so. I think it's the week. Yep. the Saint the Saints are the se- second best team in the NFL in my opinion right now. I think those are the two best teams right now. Yeah. Um, but gosh, going into New Orleans, four o'clock game, beating them in in uh in the dome. I I just don't I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be a really close game. It's gonna be really fun. It'll be a shootout. But it's gonna be hard for the Rams to go in there and win. Um, they gotta they gotta lose at some point, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the two losses on their schedule that could have that could have happened more than likely was Green Bay and this New Orleans game. Mm-hmm. That was the two biggest. They lost last week. Not that they, they should have lost. Team. They should have lost with the only reason they lost is because Ty Montgomery got overconfident with the ball and Aaron Rodgers because he could have easily he was doing it all day he could have exactly. easily ran down the field we've like seen how many times does. he's done that yeah. he always does it yeah you know what I mean so if Ty Montgomery doesn't if Ty Montgomery doesn't make that stupid play Packers more than likely win that game yeah. they traded him because of that exactly they did the for seven prior <laughs> they beat um, Seattle and Denver by a combined score of five points so yeah 
you know. Yeah, you right. got to know Sean Payton has been looking at that. Exactly. And, and, you know, this is a big game because the Saints, like Chris said, have such a high-powered offense, especially when they're playing at home. Yeah, this is a very dangerous game for the Rams. I, they're a very different team at home. I trust yeah, Sean are. Payton in this game, too, to have watched the footage from the last three weeks and really the whole season, but the last three weeks specifically uh, for the Rams season and one that this def- the Saints' defense is tough. They're, it's a tough defense to play against. They've proved it all year, minus week one. That was just because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a god. But um, he, he, the, this is a tough defense that I believe Sean Payton will work you know, laps around um, Sean McVay. As much as I love Sean McVay, th- 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 even thinking about that, this is going to be a great coaching matchup too. It is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. I think – did you, so you're picking the Saints too? I got the Saints. All right, so, so we've all got the Saints. Um, got but the I, think, I think if the Rams can go into New Orleans and beat them, I'm calling perfect season. It's a prove-it game, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, calling, I'm calling perfect season well, for the Rams. If they can walk into the Superdome and beat the Saints. Can they beat the Chiefs? When they play them in week 11. Is it at Arrowhead? It's a Monday night game. It's in Mexico. In Mexico. Oh, maybe. I, I think they can. If, if, if they beat the Saints. If they beat they, the Saints, I don't have any issues with saying the Rams are going to win that game. Because I don't, the, Kansas, the Chiefs offense is really high powered, but I don't think it's on the same level as the Saints offense, especially at home. If they could beat the Saints so, and the Chiefs, I think this team might be one of the more complete well-rounded teams of all time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Easily. yeah, definitely. Um, and you, we can thank Sean McVay for that, too, or Los Angeles King. That's all he's doing. Um, so the Rams schedule for the next for the rest of the season, obviously this week at New Orleans. The week after that is home against um, Seattle, neutral site against the Chiefs. Then they get a bye week at Detroit, at Chicago, home for Philly, at Arizona, ending the season at home against San Francisco. It's not the easiest schedule. It's but the, the, the game against Philly, and then the next three weeks are going to be the prove-it game. But they can beat Chicago. They're wishy-washy a little bit this season. Yeah, they are. Detroit should be an easy win. Arizona's obviously easy win. San Francisco, unless Nick Mullins just... <laughs> takes over just, the NFL. Yeah, takes over the NFL. You just that never know in the NFL at this point. It's There's, a game of inches, yeah, you know, day by day. Every, every yeah, week's going to be different. Yeah. So. You saw the Vikings get blown out at home by the Bills earlier this year. <laughs> and now the Bills haven't done anything. Yeah. So it's you true. just never know. No, a little while ago, Zach, you referenced Ryan Fitzpatrick. So for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston throws four interceptions last week. It was bench, four? Yeah, it was four oh. interceptions. And is benched again. Starting quarterback for them right now, again, is Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those defenders were wide open. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> this easy, just straight bullets, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, perfect passes, just the wrong team. Out of the money. Uh, so, Jameis Winston had a problem in college with turning the ball over. And he still, to this day, is struggling with turnovers. Is it too early, Zach? Is it too early to call him a bust? Because his time in... His time in Tampa is probably over. If this was like the second time we've had this conversation, I'd be like, let's give him another shot. But how many years has he, has he been in the league? Like three. Three years? It's been three straight years of madness with turnovers. And even last year with, with the weird finger wind thing. He, do you remember that? Like yeah. He's eaten up a W. And he didn't eat it up a W once last year, but probably did. But based off of his, de- his defense, not him. Um this has been a continuous issue with Jameis Winston, and I think the team needs to start looking. Fitzpatrick isn't going to be in the NFL forever, but he's a definite pick this year. He might not win every game, but he's better than Winston. He's not turning the ball over every other drive. So the team needs to start looking at more quarterback options, and I don't know when his contract is up. I think we said earlier a couple weeks ago it's not next year but the year after. No, they actually they extended him. It's, it's actually the interesting thing. Okay, They have him extended through next year, but... In it is the RG3 clause, where if he gets hurt, he gets all the money. If they get rid of him, if they, if they, keep him, if they get rid of him, they don't have to pay him his money. So if they can trade him uh, this offseason, they don't have to give him his $21 million. And they can save that $21 million in their cap space. That's a tough trade, though, because that's, that's almost like you're, you have this beat-up car that you're giving to some... If you give it to a good coach, maybe someone like Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or, or someone like that, they don't need a quarterback, but just as a hypothetical, they might be able to do something with that. But this is a guy who's 
always been stuck in his way since he was in FSU, since he got drafted. He's never been able to get out of his own head, out of his own way. So I don't know what to say about the guy anymore other than how are you going to trade somebody that hasn't proven himself as good trade material? Can you, like, is, the, is there an option just to release him or they have to pay him at that point? They already have him extended. The, I don't, so I don't, they, okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, it, they could cut him, but they'd have to pay him his $21 million. Which is a difference. It's probably just worth keeping him on the on the roster until his contract expires. Right. Which is probably in about two years, I would think. He's yes. still on his rookie contract. Yeah. So uh, just wait till that happens, and then you won't have to get a cap hit or anything. Yeah. Just be a backup. It's yeah. frustrating, though, man. Like, to watch that every single... Not that I'm a Bucks fan, but to watch that every single week. As just a fan of the sport, like, dude, this... <laughs> it... It's just frustrating. I can only imagine for Buccaneers fans and for the front office, for the head coaches, for the for his teammates around him that they've given him multiple opportunities to prove himself, and he flunks every single time. Yeah, what a boneheaded move that was to fire Lovey Smith, huh? Fired Lovey Smith so they could get Dirk Cutter as their head coach, who was supposed to help Jameis become an elite quarterback. He's only hurt Jameis Winston as the head coach. Absolutely. And then their defense has fallen to the bottom of the NFL because Lovey, like everybody knows, is a great defensive coach. And then you replace him with a guy who doesn't know a lick of defense, and then their defense sucks, and Jameis regresses. They have a good offense if they just get a good quarterback. Yeah, the weapons are amazing. Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick shows that every time he Sean plays. Sean Jackson, Mike Evans. O.J. Yeah. Howard. O.J. Howard, great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they need a running game, which has developed a little bit with Peyton Barber yeah. over the last few weeks. A little bit. But their defense is non-existent. Yeah. No, they're a problem. You yeah. know, it's like I think we go into the season every year – kind of hoping the Bucks aren't going to be the bottom-of-the-barrel team. And every year they end up being a bottom-of-the-barrel team. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, we're waiting for it to change, and hopefully it does soon. Hopefully they can find themselves a stable, mature, young quarterback who uh, can act like a professional and can win games. You think they but probably would draft somebody or get somebody in free agency? I don't, think, I don't know if there's anybody to get, really. In free I mean, Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't think you want to go with another journeyman like Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. That's not a healthy way to build a franchise. Especially with this draft class coming up. It's At least this year, it's yeah. not pretty. There's only one really good quarterback, and then it just goes downhill from there. Um, it's it's. I think it's the guy from Oregon. And Herbert. even getting, oh boy. getting maybe a little bit off track here, but this is going to be the draft where we get to really see which... Uh, GM from each team and which front office guys are the smartest at picking, at scouting. At, mm-hmm. uh, I see it is. like this is going to be the year. Like for a team like Green Bay, who just continuously proves they cannot draft well, it's going to be an awful draft for them because they're just going to look at the stats instead of how the people actually are, or how the the athletes actually are. Mm-hmm. You get a team like Los Angeles, the Rams. You get a team like uh, this 49ers. On, I'm huge Kyle Shanahan fan. I believe he has an influence in the front office as well. Yeah. The coaches like that, um, it's going to be a really good draft for him. So it's, 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 I'm not really looking forward to the draft this year, but I am just to see how teams maneuver around the under expectations of each player. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because there are going to be a lot well, of talented guys. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of talented guys in there. Of course. But there always are. But. There always are. But, they're not really jumping to the top of the class. You know what I mean? Like the top of the class are like some offensive linemen, some defensive linemen. It's not like a very skill position heavy draft. So there, there's probably going to be some really talented guys there. And look out, two guys in college who I don't know, I, I think they can come out next year is uh, Toa Taglavoe or whatever his name is. Oh, the Alabama it. quarterback? The Alabama quarterback and then Will Greer out of uh, West Virginia. Ooh. Yeah, those are uh, two yeah. good guys. Those are two good guys. I think they're eligible next year. I nice. believe so, yeah. Um, which, I mean, if Oakland can hold on until then, I think either yeah. one of those guys can be a franchise quarterback. For bring him to Denver. Oh, that's a good idea. After, yeah. well, let's see. After they, if, I mean, if, uh, Case has a two-year contract, so when his contract expires... If they can get Tua. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be awesome. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. But I want to talk about the Packers for a second that Zach brought up. Because that point you made about their failure to draft correctly is really what I'm talking about here. Aaron Rodgers has been abused by this franchise. Absolutely. For his entire career. He's just now, this year, gotten paid. For the past seven years, he's... I mean, obviously, nobody works for free in the NFL, but he has been taking a huge pay cut for Green Bay. And so they haven't given him anything in return. They haven't really drafted any young guys to help him win a title. They haven't brought in any stars to help him win a title. 
They brought in like Julius Peppers when he was past his prime. You know what I mean? They brought in guys like that, but they don't. They never brought in actual stars for him. And I heard I heard Stephen A. Smith on ESPN this week say the pack that Aaron Rodgers needs to demand a trade from the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me to disagree. You know, I know the Packers are your team and you love I agree Green Bay. You, but yeah. But he needs I think he needs to go somewhere where he can at least win one or two more titles until he retires to really solidify his legacy that he can win. You know, he's not like a obviously he's clutch, but he only has one championship. And I'm sure he wants more. And he's not gonna get more in Green Bay. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are about the, that. The salary cap roster for the Packers is not pretty. Oh. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid player on the team. Uh, the cap hit he has is $20 million. Uh, Next is Randall Cobb with $12 million. Under that's Clay Matthews at $11 million. List goes down. The wide receivers is what, what I want to point out right now. Um, and offensive linemen. Devontae Adams comes down a few players below that, $10 million. Uh, the next wide receiver comes down way, way down. I'm still trying to find it. Way down the list. Wow. Geronimo Allison, 630000 Rookie, probably still on his rookie contract, He's right? still on his rookie contract. Yeah. The Packers do not know how to manage money. They don't know how to manage contracts. They don't know how to manage players. Um, I'm not going to put all the blame on Mike McCarthy because it's also a front office issue with, I don't, don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Brian... G forgot how to pronounce it. He's got. He's the new guy, right? He's brand new. Yeah, yeah. Brand new. And this is a, such a frustrating issue with the Packers because if we start on the base with our team, with the defensive schemes and the offensive schemes, we we cut our guys from last year. Uh, I'm my brain is lagging right now, um, but we sign on Mike Pettin for defense, and we get. Um, what he, he was coach of the Dolphins. For oh, Philbin? Oh, Joe Philbin. Uh, Joe Philbin for offense. Uh, Mike McCarthy is still running plays on offense, which ranted about before. I won't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing that, Mike? Um, there's no changes. Last week, nope. there, we saw a little bit of improvement on the defense. Um, they, he, Petten is known for bringing his blitz package um, that hasn't paid off yet. I don't think it's going to pay off this week against the Patriots, but we'll stay on topic with that. Um, it's an issue we always see with the Packers. Uh, so they bring in new coaches, issues don't get fixed. You go to draft night, um, they, they, they pick positions that just don't make any sense. This past year, they picked uh, Jerry Alexander, great pick. He's a, I think he's one of our starting cornerbacks right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then we got Josh, Josh Jones as safety, two really good picks. They're our first two picks. And after the second round, they just kind of give up. Like, all right, well, we'll get... Uh, Equanimous St. Brown, and we'll get Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore is the best rookie wide receiver we've gotten, and they've started him in one game this year. He proved yep. it. Him and Jake Camaro, um, they proved it in preseason, and they're not putting him in, either of them. Instead, they're starting guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and they're even... If you look at a guy like Tom Brady with the Patriots, that team literally idolizes that quarterback because he's proven it year after year that he can get the job done because he's always had a team to do it with. Mm-hmm. But when he didn't have the team, he'd pull the team with him. You know what I mean? Rodgers tried that this preseason. He was frustrated with with guys like Valdez Scatling. He was frustrated with guys like St. Brown saying he, he looked at Mike McCarthy saying, why are these guys starting on my uh, number one offense? Bringing guys like Camaro. Where is, why is Randall Cobb over with this team? Why is Devontae Adams over with this team? The organization of the team is so jaded, and it's so frustrating to watch as a team. Even like the last this week and last week, Rodgers has had the look at teams coached by um, Bill Belichick and Sean McVay, two obviously good coaches who have proven it year after year, but Rodgers is stuck under the guy of Mike McCarthy, who has proven himself time and time again that he doesn't know how to get the job done. Rodgers should almost like demand front office to get certain guys. Because, I mean, I'm sure, like, people like Tom He's done Brady it before, and, but they just don't listen to him. And that, that's, this is where I agree with Stephen A. They, they put Brady and Rodgers next to each other, right? But with that Michael Jordan uh, commercial they had, like, who's the greatest of all time? Well, let's play it out to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be Brady. Yeah. Because he's always had a team. He's always had the front office behind his back. Right. A, a part of me believes that the front office, they love Rodgers because he's – he gave us that Super Bowl. He and we had a team back then. Year, but as the years went on, 
it's kind of it's it's like the Cavaliers, right? When they had LeBron mm-hmm. with Tyron Lue. Did you know? Well, let me pull it up. The Cavaliers were one in eighteen without LeBron James last year. One in eighteen. Yeah. If you bench Aaron Rodgers, what's your record? Mm-hmm. Three and thirteen, maybe. 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 Yeah. They're they're pulling a Tyron Lue so heavy right now mm-hmm. where they're saying, well, we got Rodgers, so why even bother getting more superstars? Exactly. But exactly. Then when Braun leaves, look at the Cavaliers right now. Yeah. They're trash. They'll be lucky Tyron to get Lue. 15 wins. And they're yeah. thinking, they look at, oh, well, let's just fire our head coach. That should fix it. No, your issue resolves like four years ago. That's mm-hmm. where it started. Now mm-hmm. you have to rebuild. I know Rodgers has expressed his heart for Green Bay. He loves the city. He loves the team. But you got to start changing that. I, I noticed it even a few weeks ago where well, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox here. But when Rodgers was hurt, he was still starting in games. And I remember talking to my dad saying, if they keep him in this game and he takes one heavy hit, that could end his career. Like if, he, if, the, if the hit comes in heavy enough, if he twists his ankle the wrong way, not only is that the end of his career, that's the end of your team right now. Yeah. You don't have a team under uh, without Aaron Rodgers. So... Um, yeah, that's that's my rant of the day. Right. But yeah, and that's you made a you brought up a couple of really good points. Where when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, similar to Tom Brady and similar to LeBron James, you not only do you have to give them, not only do you have to constantly be giving them talent, like the Patriots still adding guys like Josh Gordon mid-season to give them a chance. Not only do they do that, but they listen to what Tom says. He's not just a piece of the puzzle. He is the puzzle. You know, they call, Robert Kraft calls Tom Brady in with Bill Belichick, and they're like, how are we going to win this year? Tom, tell me now. And he's become the guy not only that's a part of the puzzle, he puts the puzzle together exactly. with Belichick, yeah. with, with Robert Kraft. Mm-hmm. He, it, he is the team yeah. along with the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he helps assemble the team that's going to win. Exactly. That's why he has five championships, because he's so integral to the, to the team, but he helps them get better. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Aaron Rodgers, he's so important, but they don't allow Aaron to let them get better. They're just a bad team with one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He has the respect of, of Brady, too, so he should be able to have the say exactly. in meetings just like Brady does. Yeah. It's different than the Peyton Manning thing where Peyton had the same say Tom does. Right. The problem was that he'd get into the playoffs and choke every year. That's why he only has two championships. He had talent. Maybe the defense wasn't as good, but he had talent, but he'd pretty much just choke every year. Whereas with Aaron... He's amazing, and he arguably is better than Peyton, but the team doesn't give him anything. He doesn't have anything to work with. He doesn't have a true number one receiver. He doesn't have a true – he doesn't have, like, a great defense. He doesn't have a running game. The only thing he has is a solid offensive line. He's never had a which running is, game. Which is beat up right yeah. now. So, I think that that's the main point you need to look at is – is because um, I want to get into the Cavaliers after this more. But oh, the um, when Edelman went out with the suspension, four-game suspension – the Patriots were still the top picks to win those games. Yeah. When Amendola got traded, they picked up draft picks. They signed guys, still the top guy, the team in those four weeks to get. Um, yeah, they, they struggled against Houston. There, uh, there was some, another game, that uh, batch of games that they struggled the against. The Lions. The Lions, um, which they lost, right? Yeah. yeah. But even then, they rebounded. They're like, because that's a group that's unified right now. Green Bay is not unified. And I don't know when they will end up becoming a unified team as Aaron Rodgers is the head of the team. Well, yeah, you need you need you need like established leaders in your locker room other than the one player. Because it's not Clay Matthews anymore. Exactly. He's he's close to retirement. And he's yeah. not playing like the guy he used to be. You know, five years ago. Yeah. Neither is um, Nick Perry used to be that guy. Randall Cobb has been riddled with injury so much. He is not that guy. Devontae Adams got hurt. He's not that guy. Mm-hmm. We don't have a running back right now that's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, you get somebody um, out. Oh, what's his name? This this is this shows you how frustrated I am with this team. There's so many players I want to pinpoint, but I can't put my name, my, the tongue on their names. Yeah. Um. What whatever. The the point is, it's not looking pretty for the Packers. Even if they pull off a great game this week, which I believe, you know, tomorrow night's game against the Patriots will be a good game. Um. It's not looking good. <laughs> I wonder what their mindset was going into trading uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Oh, they interviewed um the general manager and the way that he was responding to it was almost like, I don't really want to answer questions right now, but I will. We did what had to get done. That, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it was just almost like an agitated teenager. They're like, Mom, I did my homework. Stop asking. Like, I traded him. Why does it matter? Like, because you traded, we got a fourth round pick 
for him and then a seventh round for Ty Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery really shafted us last week, but he's not worthy of a seventh round pick. Yeah. He's proven he's at least a fourth. Haha, uh-huh, is like, like their best safety. He's, what yeah. was the point of trading him? They, what, see, it's, that's the thing I want to get to you before we move on. No other team that has a championship, like an elite caliber quarterback, is selling at the trade deadline. You're buying because you can win a championship because you have Tom Brady. You have Jared Goff. You have Aaron Rodgers. Right, they still but have the a Packers chance. are selling their best defensive player of the year, and they're like, we don't need him for a fourth-round pick. That's it, just a fourth round. Because we else. have Aaron Rodgers and nothing else. Come on, man. <laughs> because somehow Aaron Rodgers can also pull the defense out of the dumpster, too. For s- somehow. Exactly. I don't know. but <laughs> Try to win games. Try to win a championship for once. Don't just throw it on Aaron Rodgers and be like, we're fine because we got Aaron Rodgers. Come on, I, honestly, I feel bad for Rodgers. I really do. So I agree with you. Yeah. At the beginning point, like, he, if it gets any worse, he should demand a trade. And they'll probably get, like, a second-round pick for him, probably, <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of dumpster fires, Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. Um, so, some headlines. Kevin Love out for six weeks or more with left foot injury. Uh, he's getting surgery on it, I believe. Um, J.R. Smith wants out. Um, we could talk about potential trade packages for him. I don't think it matters either way because they're just, ooh. Um, Tyron Lue is gone after an 0-6 start. Um, yeah, as we said before, um, last year they were 1-18. 1-18 in games without LeBron James. Um, I don't know. What do we think about the Cavs right now, guys? Do you think that their 15 wins this year is we're going to – Stick to that. They'd pick. be lucky to get that. Fifteen wins. <laughs> I, they really will be. Like that's gonna be tough for them to even get that many wins, man. And the thing that feel the thing that's bad about J.R. Smith is he probably probably had one destination that would trade for him, and he blew that connection last year in the finals with LeBron by making probably the most boneheaded play a player's made in a long time in a finals game when he got that rebound and then ran away with the ball with three <laughs> seconds left when he had a wide open shot to win the game. <laughs> Um, so he blew, the, he blew the LeBron lead that he had, the LeBron connection last year, and that's the only connection he really had because yep. he pretty much blew all of his other ones when he was in Denver because he was a head case there. He was the most frustrating player I've ever had to root for. Exactly. My own team. Yeah. Ugh. So, again, he doesn't really have anywhere to go to, and I hate to say that a player's career is going to be ruined by one moment, but his future looks really bleak now. He only... He only really got his career back in a way by playing with LeBron. And I don't see anybody giving up a lot to get him. I don't see a good team going out of their way to grab Jairus. He's going to go to a bad team. Yeah. They're just going to give up some random player. Like, you know, I don't care. Just, yeah. yeah. Just give up a second. I don't know why any team would even do that, though. I, I don't know. J.R. Smith's in a tough spot right now. And the Cavaliers are trying to play their young guys. I think they have a guy named Colin Sexton, if I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually, like, going to be really good. So ironically, was like, all right, Braun, let's do this after the draft. Let's go win a title. And then the Braun left. And he leaves, <laughs> and he's like, crap. <laughs> There's they'll, nobody. They'll, they'll go win a title for the, last, uh, for the worst team in the NBA. Is there a trophy exactly. for that? <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, a little ribbon? Yeah. Like last we, last we place. We have never <laughs> seen a team this impressively bad before, guys. This, this is the Detroit Lions... Yeah. Like the 08 Detroit Lions of basketball. They were so bad that they were like, when people would be like, hey, did you guys see like the Baltimore-Detroit game? Like, who's Detroit? We honest, People forgot Detroit was a team that year. Like, oh, they were, like, there's a bad where you're like the Cleveland Browns. Like, oh, yeah, let's see how bad they are. Right. And there's the Detroit Lions from 08. Where you're, you literally forget they're a franchise. Right. <laughs> the Cavaliers are becoming that team where it's sad, JR man. stopped talking. Kevin Love has stopped being hilariously white. Tyron Lue's gone. Like, there's nothing fun about this team anymore. Remember when Tristan Thompson said that they were all, for the most part, still there, and they were gonna they were gonna kick some ass this so season? The defending That's champions. Right. So they, what they an idiot! What an idiot! <laughs> I think the Cavs could arguably be like the worst team in NBA history coming off of an NBA Finals appearance. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I don't know what the worst team is. Like prior to this, Cleveland when LeBron left the first time. <laughs> That's right. Did they make the finals in his last year? I think so. They did. But like, <laughs> honestly, the thing that is the most frustrating for me about them, you know, kicking Tyron Lue out of the door, 
is it's almost like the front office didn't see this coming. Like we were just saying. I know. Like, Dan Gilbert's such a horrible GM, dude. It's like he's awful. Or is he an owner? Didn't they bring him in, was it last year or the year before? Oh, it was Dan, like recently. Dan Gilbert? Right? No, he's been there for forever. He's been there for a long time. He drafted okay. LeBron. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else. Mm-hmm. And then when LeBron left the first time, he wrote a hate letter to LeBron saying that nobody in Cleveland cares about LeBron anymore and then they can start a new future without him. And then when as soon as he was a free agent again, they, he begged for LeBron to come back. It's like an episode of Riverdale. Good God. <laughs> um, like the thing that's so frustrating about the Cavaliers right now is, is like I'm saying, it's almost like they didn't see it coming. Where if you look at last summer or this past summer, to loss number six last night. And then you look at, or not last night, whenever it was, a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from Tyron at this point just indicates how impatient they are yeah. and how, how much of a delusion they're under right now. That, that they were, it was going to be a rebuild. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have to rebuild. They have Colin Sexton, and you have Tyron Lue and a guy who is actually, I think, pretty well set for trying to rebuild the team. You know, I, he's a pretty young coach. And I think he could have grown as the Cavaliers grown. You know, I think he could have been a guy that would have been a good coach to be there for a long time and help them grow into a championship team again. But they just immediately fire him. There's no reason to fire Tyron Lou. And their assistant, Larry Drew, they're like trying to force him to be the interim head coach and he really doesn't want to be because they're just so bad and yeah, he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. He's been screwed as a head coach twice in the NBA. Yeah. And if he, does, if he goes to the Cavs, if he moves up and becomes the head coach again, he's going to be screwed three times in the NBA as a head coach. And he's, Larry Drew is a good coach. He's a very good coach. But every time he got a position, the team was just garbage. <laughs> and he's in the same position again. Some some other team should go save him. Just <laughs> come be our assistant. <laughs> yeah, that, they really should. I just I don't know what what there is. I don't know what there is to say more about the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, it's they're becoming they're what you said an afterthought, a dumpster fire, a dumpster fire. They are, and it's you know their management's bad, their GM's bad. Everything about them is just bad. You know, and LeBron saved them, but LeBron's not coming back. He's not. Man, the whole city of Cleveland this past week though. They fired Tyron Lue. They fired uh, the Browns. Fire Hugh Jackson and their offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Mm-hmm. Man, what a week! Yeah, what a week for them, right? For the lowly city of Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who hasn't had a bad week though? Who? Derrick Rose. He has not. For the first time Don't. since 1964. Derrick Rose is just he's on fire, man. I'm just kidding. It was maybe like 2008. 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um. Man, so when was this? This was uh, two days ago, I believe. Um, First, the Utah. No, Jazz. I think it was when the, the Jazz game was on Wednesday. Okay, so it was earlier this week. Well, yeah. Derek Rose comes in. He drops a career high fifty points in a game without Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague, or Tyus Jones. Uh, so they were not only were they shorthanded, but Derek Rose literally walked out there and said, "I guess I'm the only person we have tonight," and dropped fifty. Um, that team was better with Derrick Rose starting than a combination of Tyus Jones and Jimmy Butler on the starting floor. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? A, a washed up, I, don't, I hate to say washed up, but a guy who's been through like 28 surgeries in Derrick Rose. Hold on. A guy who's had so many surgeries, this guy who's rehabbed so hard to get to this point. A combination of Derrick Rose, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins is better than apparently a guy who's in his prime in Jimmy Butler, a guy who's great in Jimmy Butler, Tyus Jones, Jeff Teague, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. Take all those guys out, except for uh, Cat and Andrew Wiggins. And apparently the team is better. Their offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency is better with Jimmy Butler off the floor. They are a better team without Jimmy Butler on the court, which is crazy because Jimmy Butler... He's a pretty good player. There's another case to trade him. So here's the thing. Derrick Rose, maybe, is actually back to his old self again. When he's on the floor, their second unit is the best second unit in all of basketball. They put up, they are the most efficient unit offensively and defensively in the league. And when he was a starter against the Jazz, they blew up. I think they put up 127 points. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, dude, and they shot really well from the floor. Carl Anthony Towns had 30 points and like 18 rebounds, which was this crew, which was which is a season high for both. I love this team without Jimmy Butler on it. 
you know, I think if you, I think with Derrick Rose at the one, maybe you have Tyus be the backup. You put Jeff Teague at the two. This team is scary, man. Especially if you can get something actually like helpful out of Jimmy Butler. If you trade him, you get a good piece from him. Dude, this team is scary. They put up a fight against the Warriors last night. Yeah. Up until the Warriors put in their broken squad in the fourth quarter and just took over the game like they always it's do. It's stupid how good that team is. It is. It's but ridiculous. but for the first three and a half quarters, that game was crazy It was good. tight. Yeah. Super close game. The war, uh, the Timberwolves had the lead for a lot of the game. It was fun, man. It, it's like they're a talented team. And I think if they can get some pieces from Jimmy Butler and if Derrick Rose can stay healthy and kind of be the starter, the starting point guard on the team, I trust that team, man. It's, it's really a... Feel a good story for Derrick Rose. It really yeah, is. Like all that he's been through. Like, how many torn ACLs has he had? Like two or three? Forty. I don't, <laughs> I think I don't he's know. He's had two, and but, then he's had an ankle. But issues, yeah. I mean, he's had such a long injury history, and then just to come out that night and to put up fifty. I mean, he came after the game. He was crying, and yeah. just, you know, a career high. And then he's not really in his prime anymore. No, did you see so how? Did you see how the it, team rallied really around him? They really embraced him. him. Yeah, and it's really really cool to see. It was such an awesome moment. Yeah. And then he only had three points against the Warriors, and it was just back to normal for the Timberwolves. He barely played. He barely played. He literally May- barely played. Maybe it was his decision at that point. I know he's getting older, but yeah. I have a feeling it wasn't his decision. The 50-point right. game was an overtime game, too, so I don't know how many it, minutes he yeah, played. He yeah. may have been absolutely exhausted. They play, yeah. they they play Portland tomorrow night, so I'm I'm interested to see. Portland's good this whether, year. Yeah, they are very good. I'm interested yeah. to see what they're But they're not better than like. the Nuggets. 7-1. and one. Nice. 7-1? and 7-1, one. Seven and one, seven really? 7-1. Wow. That's impressive. Their only loss being to the Lakers, and they've beaten the Warriors, giving them their only loss this year. Dang. Chris, so, watch wait, out. Are they first in the West? Because they, the, they beat the Warriors. The Warriors are 9-1. Oh, okay. We're 7-1. Gotcha. Yeah, so they've only played two more games. Right. So it's like, wow, that's is impressive. This, is this, uh, I know it's early in the season, Chris, but is this a team that could be a threat in the Western Conference playoffs? They sure look like it. Their uh, Their defense is actually playing really well this year. They're not really known to be a defensive team. But their home court advantage is one of the better ones in the NBA. Um, there are, I don't think they've lost the game at home yet. Um, so they're going to be really tough to beat at home. If their defense keeps playing the way they are, they're going to be really tough to beat. Their offense is just as good as normal. So That and their point differential is third in the league behind the Bucks and the Warriors. The Warriors lead with 13.5. Nuggets are 8.9 plus point differential. It's a really good start. It's still, good. It's still early, but they're getting me really excited. Yeah. They're good, and the Bucks are undefeated, right? No, they, they lost, lost one game to the, ah, to the Celtics the other night. Baby. Gotcha. But still, three yeah. one-loss teams. Um, I want to mention too. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Bucks. I can't believe you pronounced that correctly. Wow, that's impressive. I've, I've heard Sorry. him say he, it, but <laughs> he looks like the almost a lock to win the MVP right now. The way he's playing, so he good. is amazing. Yeah, he is. I think he's averaging 26 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists a game or something like that. And yeah. then he probably leads the league in steals and probably blocks. Too. I don't know. <laughs> he probably leads the league in everything. Yeah. But the dude is amazing. Yeah, dude, him and Steph right now are... The Bucks are looking correct. amazing, dude. Have you seen Steph's like, pregame shots? Did you see taking? the one he did the other night? It went. He threw it like... 500 feet in the air. It comes down, bounces through the bottom of the bucket, and then hits the backboard and goes through it again. It was, it's like, <laughs> And dude. then he like celebrates like he just won the NBA championship. I love Steph Curry, man. He is just the <laughs> man. Love Steph Curry. Hate the Warriors. Absolutely. But it's all good here. I'm so sick of watching the Warriors win. But you know what's crazy about the Western Conference, though? Hmm. The Rockets suck. Dude, they've been, tra- they've been pretty trash. Well, it's they, it's they, the mellow factor. You think so? <laughs> it's always the mellow factor, dude. Wherever he goes. It's like whatever team <laughs> garbage. Whatever team Drake is hanging out with or jumping on the bandwagon mm-hmm. for, you know they're going to lose. Exactly. So, they like won, Conor McGregor. They yeah. won the other night <laughs> without James Harden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They really did. And mm-hmm. Melo had 28 points. Yeah, they did. That was actually a good game. Yeah. Chris Paul was dishing it out. I think, yeah, I think Chris Paul had over 30 points. Yeah. And then Harden's on the bench like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> I can't believe the They've only won two games this year. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Good. Yeah. Wow. Listen, they don't have... It's, it's hard because it's easy to look at them and say they don't have a defense because they traded... Uh, they don't have Trevor Ariza or Luke Mbamute. However you pronounce his name. About that name, though. Yeah. <laughs> Mba Mute. who are actually the two best defenders last year. So it, it's understandable why they struggled defensively. But they're putting up, like, they had a game a couple days ago where they put up 84 points. 
This is a team that's supposed to be explosive on offense. The Trailblazers, yeah, 104 to 85. Put up yeah. 85 points, dude. Too good. Like, I I don't get this team. Listen to the points they've allowed for the first, you know, uh, seven games of the season. 131 to New Orleans. 115 to Los Angeles, which they won, the Lakers. 115 to the Clippers. 100 to the Jazz. 133 to the Clippers. 104 to the Trailblazers. 119 to the Nets. Or 111 to the Nets. The Clippers put up 133 points. 133 points. Did Tobias Harris score 80 points? What happened? (laughs) Carmelo was actually the highest scorer of the game. 24. Nice. (laughs) But still. Wait, in both both teams? Uh, Let me check. That's just the Rockets. I imagine Lou Williams and Tobias Harris went off because I don't even know who else they have. Um, Pat Beverly. Right. Uh, Exactly. No, you know who went off? Who? Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> that gets a boss, dude. The dude can literally like reach and touch the rim without going uh, like just like flat footed. Yeah, like he can just touch the rim. Dude's a Stupid, massive dude. freak. <laughs> He's a freak. So I don't know. Uh, another oh. team that's off to a really bad yeah. start is the Wizards. I don't know about you guys. I like watching the Wizards lose. It's uh, not a surprise to me at all. Yeah, they've they've been awful. I just they've got an alert. Really bad. Just earlier. The, uh, that Scott Brooks is not on the hot seat after being 1-7 with that team. I, mean, I don't know I what you guys early. think about that. I guess it's a little early, but there's not much they can do. No. You know what I mean? They're a dysfunctional team. Yeah. You have two guards who don't really like each other anymore in John Wall and Bradley Beal. Two guys who don't play all that well together and don't really want to be on the same team anymore, and they're the two-star players of your team. they got a ton of talent. You know, it's just not meshing. It doesn't mesh. It, none of the players mesh together. Um, Dwight Howard. And they have Dwight Howard, too, which is how you know a oh, team's really? going to lose. I forgot about that. When you sign Dwight Howard, it's basically saying, we're going to lose a lot. <laughs> That's so what happens. This team is sorry. This team is last in points allowed per game at 123.9. Mm-hmm. They are 26th in offensive efficiency, 104.4. 28th in defensive efficiency, Last in offensive rebound percentage at 21%. 21% percent of the rebounds they're getting. That's it. Just 21%. And they're last in three pointer, or threes allowed per game. At th- Wait, is that? They're allowing 13, on average, 13 three pointers a game. They're That's bad, dude. Awful. Sounds about right. That's so, I, wow. I yeah. watched the game the other night. They were playing at home versus Thunder. The Thunder were beating them at halftime. By 29 points. It was 79 to 50. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think, I, I think they put up 134 points or something like that. Oh, my god. They goodness. absolutely manhandled them. That defense was just god-awful. Thunder aren't even that good this year. It's like they don't try. The, the thing is, the Wizards don't put any effort in there. No. They leave a guy in the corner wide open for a three, and then, oh, there's a guy over there. I'm going to go run and go guard him now. They're always so yeah. late on, on defense. It's just horrid. Yeah. Yeah, bad. Very so bad. we'll see if they can rebound. They got the talent to do it, but we'll see if it happens. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, um, I think we're done with NBA talk, are we? Do you have anything else you want to cover? Anything else? No. Okay, because I got a topic I want to go uh, go Ooh. to the college football playoff. Uh, the rankings just came out. Uh, we have the top four right now are. Alabama, Clemson, LSU, and Notre Dame. Um, and I believe there's four weeks to go in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. So Alabama and Clemson seem to be the locks at this point that they're going to make it to the college football playoff. Three and four seed are kind of up in the air. We really don't know what's going to happen at that point. Anybody could, from from the three seed all the way to probably the 12 seed where, where UCF is, they all have a shot to get there. So I want to see what you guys think. Who do you guys think will end up taking the last two spots in the college football playoff? What do you think, Zach? Um, I want to say something about the committee team real quick. I think this is going to be a – they're not going to change. I know they're not, but just to be optimistic, Notre Dame should not be in the top four. I know they're undefeated. But if you look at their schedule and the teams that they've beaten this year, there are – Okay, so they beat Michigan week one. They beat Stanford. That was a the number seven ranked Stanford, 38-17. Virginia Tech was another big win, but that's kind of it. Um, 
Alabama-LSU is going to be a huge game tonight. That's going to be a deciding factor, in my opinion. If Alabama wins in, in you know, victorious fashion, I don't know what else to say. You know, yeah. that it's, it's kind of, let's just see who can win, who can lock up 2 through 25 and give Bama the title. Because, like, I, I just don't know what else to say. UCF can te- keep talking about how they can beat Alabama. I don't care. It's, it's, I don't know what else to say about Alabama. They're so good. Um, Clemson, I, I see them as number two. But, like, as I was going back to what I was saying, Notre Dame is going to be – unless they can really prove themselves like we deserve to be in the top four, I don't understand why they're higher than Michigan other than the fact that Notre Dame beat them. I don't understand why Georgia is higher or lower than Notre Dame unless Kentucky. Kentucky, that's another surprising team. They're number nine right now. They play Georgia today at 3.30. Um, Georgia is another team. I don't understand why they are underneath Notre Dame. Oklahoma, um, Washington State, um, teams like that. It's almost the same conversation as UCF, where UCF, I don't understand. You know, I, I think it's a little ridiculous they got dropped two spots on a bye week. Um, but Notre Dame hasn't really played anybody, inc- you know, insanely impressive. I mean, Michigan's five. Yeah, and they beat Michigan. They've yeah. beaten three ranked teams this year. I, I just, I, mean, I, know, I think their strength of schedule is a lot harder than a team like UCF. You think so? Yeah. You know, UCF, they play teams that get ranked. But the teams they play that are ranked are like Pittsburgh and Memphis, where it's like they're barely hit the top 25, and then they get beat by UCF so and then drop out of it. They're doing what good teams do, which is beat teams that are not as good as them, which is what they should be doing. Right, whereas yeah. Notre okay. Dame comes out, and they beat teams like Michigan, where you can make a pretty good case that Michigan is a more talented team. Yeah. You know, in terms of, their, in terms of just their, like the prospects they have. They just weren't better that week. Yeah, or that they're better coached. Yeah. Or that, you know, they have a better scheme, and that this is Brian Kelly, right? Yeah. Notre Dame, yeah. yeah, Brian yeah. Kelly. Yeah, Brian Kelly, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal football coach and that he's kind of been able to rally the troops at Notre Dame better than they've been rallied since sure. they got to the uh, championship against Alabama years and years ago. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I think LSU's going to lose to Alabama tonight, and I that's agree. pretty much going to be it for them because because they're in the West. They're not going to have a chance to win the SEC. You know what I mean? So I think they'll lose to Alabama and they'll be out of it. And, man, Oklahoma with Kyler Murray at quarterback is so dangerous. Ridiculous. That kid is so explosive. He's, he's the most explosive kid, most explosive quarterback in the, in the NCAA. Probably in all of football, pro and college combined right now. <laughs> he is Agreed. so fast. He's accurate. He's really, really short. I think he's like five foot nine or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So everybody says that he can't be a college. Everybody says that he can't be a pro guy because he can't see over the offensive line. But in terms of college, dude's crazy. Zach just hit his mic out of amazement. I was just looking at the scores real quick. It's twenty-eight to three, Clemson over Louisville in the second quarter. Yeah, that's just that's. It. I'm sorry, that Louisville's garbage impressive. this year. Dude. I didn't realize they were that bad. My <laughs> yeah, bad, no. guys. Back to the topic. Louisville's <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, but no, I think Oklahoma's really good. I think teams like uh, LSU, uh, Michigan, and Georgia are going to lose one more game this year, and I think they'll fall back. And I think Oklahoma is going to play perfect football, and I think they're going to fit right in under the top four teams. Uh, Notre Dame's tough, though. I think Notre Dame might actually finish undefeated. I, I think agree. they've gotten yeah, past their biggest tests so far in Michigan and Stanford. I don't think anybody else in their schedule is going to give them as much of a problem. I'm not sure who it is. Yeah, they have um, – today they play at Northwestern, then they host Florida State, and they host Syracuse, who is actually ranked 19th right now. Yeah, Syracuse is good. And at the end of the year, they play at USC. I think they're okay. USC is unranked this year. Yeah, USC they're not, isn't very they're good. They're not so good. No. So. If FSU was the way that they normally Dude, they're going to crush FSU. Yeah, the FSU is not a very good team this year. So Speaking from a Knowles fan right here. <laughs> yeah, no. Garbage. FSU is not very good. So I think, yeah, I think Notre Dame will finish the season undefeated. But I don't think they're going to be able to beat Clemson or Alabama. I think it'll be one of the situations again where it's like they get hyped up, undefeated team. And they get blown out. And then they get blown out. And that's like, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm excited for the week. 13 matchup between Oklahoma and West Virginia, which is Will Greer. That's how his name pronounced. Greer. Greer. Will Greer. Ooh. And, uh, yeah. That'll be good. Homie mm. Kyler. That, yeah. That'll be, that'll be a good game. I think that, that's, you know, I don't really see West Virginia as, you know, they could be in the talks for the playoffs, but if Lo- Oklahoma keeps winning and West Virginia keeps winning, that could be a potential conversation. That's in three weeks, so, or two weeks, three weeks, Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, West Virginia is um, 6-1 right behind UCF. In the, college football yeah. play, in the college football playoff rankings. So they could, in theory, get up there. Do we see UCF as potentially getting up in the top of the rankings? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt, UCF. Yeah. Uh, I got excited for a different reason. Oh. Um, I mean, I think they can. You know, I think Florida might lose another game. Who's in front of them? Ohio State's going to lose another game. Kentucky's going to lose another game. Washington State will lose another game. So I think if UCF can stay perfect, they'll jump all those teams. Maybe get up to like five or six. But realistically, it's gonna the same thing that happened last year is gonna happen this year. Yeah. Where they're gonna be undefeated, they're gonna be up there, and they're gonna get put into like a Peach Bowl or something like that again. A prove it game. You know, they're yeah. gonna get another prove it game, even though they had one last year. Yeah. And we, they're gonna be putting another one because t- because the SEC. I mean, there's a. I don't want to say there's a bias. There's definitely, I think, an SEC bias in there terms is. of like the media. Yeah. Um, SEC and Clemson. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's just. Well, Clemson's pretty much an SEC team. <laughs> Basically. They don't belong in the ACC. <laughs> exactly. But um, I just think it's a strength of schedule thing. You know, they're, 120, they're 127th in strength of schedule. Yeah. So I think until, again, like I said, I think a couple weeks ago, after you have three or four undefeated seasons in a row, then we can talk about maybe getting an opportunity. Sure. But I think it's going to take this year, then maybe one more year, and then maybe the year after that they'll be able to get in. But that's what it takes for a team like UCF. Yeah. But I saw something in the college football playoff rankings – did you guys know that um, Fresno State <laughs> They're ranked. is 23. ranked 23? Fresno State. Under Boston College. Huh? <laughs> What's happening in Boston the bottom College? Tier? Syracuse, Boston College, and Fresno State are ranked. What ladies in and gentlemen. the world? I don't, think, I don't think we're emphasizing how crazy it is that not only are those teams ranked, but Kentucky is number nine. Dude, that's crazy. Like, yeah. we're Washington undermined State's by everyone eight. here. Yeah. Washington State's number eight. What's happening? It's amazing. It's been a weird year of college football, guys. It has. Not only that, but Ohio State gets blown out, and they're back to number 10. By, they get blown out by Purdue, and they're right back to number 10. Right. I'm really bitter about well, that. Well, I'm sure. I mean, you know. I, I mean, sure. That's I guess far. they belong at number 10. Yeah. I'm still upset about that. I mean, they're pretty much the lowest team you would expect to be there. Yeah. Because Florida's 6-2, and two and they're right behind them. And then UCF is 7-0, and oh and they're right behind Still, Florida. So, I mean, I think that looks about a right. a bitter Hurricanes fan. I of guess. course you are. But I mean, I hate Ohio State like, just like the next guy. Gosh, I can't stand them. I think it's fair. You either so, love them or hate them. There's yeah, no exactly. So, my, my picks. I think the four teams that are in it right now are going to stay in it. Oh, okay. You think LSU's going to stay I think in? LSU's going to stay. But... They're going to lose Are tonight. You, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to make their way back in. Um, I Compared to the other teams in the in the rankings, LSU has, has beaten five ranked teams this year, including Georgia, who's in the mix right now. I think beating Georgia kind of gives them the edge in that case. Um, uh, I think Notre Dame's going to finish the year perfect, and if they finish the year perfect, there's just no reason to – take them out. I don't think they right. even play a conference championship. So no, they don't. They're no. independent. Yeah, so, so no. they're going to be in. I think they're going to get the three seed. Um, so, yeah, I don't think LSU will beat Bama. They'll find a way to sneak in. Bama won the the SEC beating Georgia, so Georgia will have two losses, and that'll knock them out. Michigan still has to play Penn State and Ohio State. They're going to lose one of those games. That's going to knock them out. Oklahoma hasn't beaten a ranked team all year. That's... Even if they if went they, out, they haven't beaten. A they have team. not beaten a ranked team all year long, Ooh. and they play that at West Virginia or ver, or is it at home? Um, at West Virginia. At West Virginia. That's season. a tough game, man. So I don't know. And, and plus, they play uh, the Big Twelve championship when that comes That's around. Right. So we'll see what happens there. But I yeah. just don't think that their strength of schedule, their strength of victory, was all that impressive. Um, so I think LSU strength the schedule and their quality wins. Like at, they're not going to get into the SEC championship, but I think because of all the losses that kind of uh, pile on from the other teams, they're just going to find a way to sneak in and get the four seed. Even though the probability of them getting in is very slim, even if they lose tonight. Yeah. But I just have a feeling that's just going to be at least the four teams that are in right now. They're yeah. going to be in. Notre Dame's going to get blown out by whoever they play, probably. Right. I mean, but. You made, you made a point about the strength of schedule with LSU, and this is something that I think is wrong with college football, is let's, let's go down the list of the ranked teams they've beaten so far. They beat Miami, um, not, no longer ranked. Mm-hmm. Team is not very good. They beat right. Auburn, no longer ranked. Team is not very good. They beat uh, Mississippi State, no longer ranked. Team is not very good. The only ranked team they beat that is good is nobody because they, beat Flor- they lost to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only teams they – I mean, and after those teams, they've beaten Ole Miss – Los Angeles Tech, and Southeastern Louisiana. They play Alabama, Arkansas, Rice, and Texas A&M. Rice. Do you think that their win over Georgia is also a 
a fluke game almost. Is Georgia also overrated number two? Or wait, they were number. They two. were number or two. Are they number right now? Yeah, they're Georgia's number six, six, I believe. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I think Georgia's legitimately a good team. Yeah. Um, but that's one win out of you know one good win out of eight. Right. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. We'll see. Um, it's gonna be one of the crazier races we've seen in a yeah, long time. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose to Bama. They'll beat Arkansas and Rice. That Texas A&M game is gonna be big. Do, do you think that the committee? They, they need Texas A&M to win out. They do. And then they need Texas. They need to beat Texas A&M. Do you That's think what that the need. committee for the rankings looks at, oh, well, Georgia was number two when you played them, and Miami was that. number eight, and Auburn was number right. seven. Do you think that they're looking at that instead of, well, Where they Aub- are now. Auburn's not proving themselves in the number seven team. They're not even ranked. Miami's right. not even ranked. Florida, you know, they're sure that was a, de- a well, decent lost. loss, but yeah. they lost. Yeah. Georgia, they're number six now. Um that's where they should they're, look. They're not mm-hmm. looking at that. They're just looking at what they were. Yeah, then, right. Oh. That's because when you look up the schedules and when you look up the rankings, it tells you what they were at the time, mm-hmm. not what they are currently. Yeah, it's like that's an issue. Up. It says LSU beat yeah. five ranked teams, but in reality, they beat one or two. Two of them aren't ranked anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Auburn, Auburn and Miami aren't very good. <laughs> Georgia's the only one that's ranked, I think, yeah. out of that whole group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really yeah. an interesting point. I, I would wonder what they look at if it's – Based on it, then or now, it's jaded yeah. and it always has been jaded. It's true. BCS playoff, whatever. It's always been the same way. But with college football. the SEC is the more dominant conference than any. Always. Out of, yeah, yeah. So they're always going to get the edge. Whoever team, whatever team's in there. So yeah. My, I I don't believe LSU with like with two losses should make it. But I'm just saying I think they will. I have, a, I have based a, based on I the mean, committee. I have a bold. I have a bold prediction. Oh, here we go. I'm just kidding. Uh-oh. I was gonna say that. Uh, I was gonna say that LSU was gonna be defeated by Rice. <laughs> Can we just? But, uh, uh, what brown rice, white rice? What kind of? Uh, yellow. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That does it for episode five of the Lockdown Podcast. I almost forgot the name for a second. Um, if you want to find us, other than the site you're currently listening on. Uh, we are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Hey, uh, if you don't like something that we say, um, you can DM us or you can leave us voice messages on Anchor. Send us your heat. Send us the smoke. We want to hear it, uh, especially if it's something me or Matt say because Chris doesn't really rant too much unless it's about his Denver teams. or Right, Chris? Something like that. Only the Broncos at this point, because they're the only bad team that I root for. Well, and the Seminoles. I can I can rant all day. Rockies got taken out too. I mean, the Rockies were actually good. It's true. Seminoles are, are good. absolutely garbage. Yeah. So if, if you don't like something we say, don't be afraid to DM us. We're yeah, send us questions. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, Lockdown Pod had all of them. So, uh, all right. See you next week, guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.